Welcome to Fearless Mom. I cannot wait to get this series started. We're calling this series, It's a Big Deal. And we're going to look at several issues, several topics that we believe are vital, are crucial to have a healthy, happy home. And today we are going to start by talking about the importance of laughter and play. Um, We want to start, obviously, by welcoming in our online moms. Online moms. Our prayer is that you feel us cheering for you, rooting for you, walking alongside you. You may be watching or listening by yourself, but you are not alone. We believe in you, and we know you can do this. Um, I love Fearless Mom. I love the gift of technology that allows us to connect with so many different moms. I love the fact that we can all gather together to support and encourage and cheer each other on. I have noticed this, though, about groups of women when groups of women gather. And it's not just moms. It's any women at all. Um, I've noticed this tendency that if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, then we can begin to compare ourselves to other people. We begin to see how we measure up against other people. Maybe it's our parenting. Maybe it's our marriage. And um, we begin to look at other people and go, ah, My life would be better if I had her car, if I had her home, if I had her super well-behaved, laid-back children, if I had her husband, if I had her life. And if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we can forget God's vision for our life because we compare to others. And I know this is a pattern because I do it myself. Last week, um, we were at a conference, the Leading and Loving It conference, and it's a conference for women in ministry and pastor's wives. And we gather, just like Fearless Mom, we gather together once a year. We do it to um, encourage each other, to cheer each other on, and to support each other. But I found myself comparing and seeing how I measured up. As a matter of fact, one night, um, and we stay up late, we act like we're 17, you know, we stay up really late um, in the hotel rooms chatting with each other. So I was with these two young moms. They're fearless moms, they're online moms. So I've got a picture of them. They're super cute, super adorable, you know, oh, aren't they? Oh, that's right. That was called for. They are, they're that awesome. You know, they're also talented and smart, whatever. Um, So... So I began to look at them and think, well, gosh, look at their hair. It's so long and so curly. And I thought, wonder what my hair would look like that. And so they helped me. And so let's see what I look like with that. Do we have it up there? Is that up there? Oh, there I am. Well, guys, that was like fake hair they had. I mean, it was like layered into their hair. And so they put it on me. And I know I look a little bit ridiculous. That's okay. Okay, I thought, oh my gosh, this is so totally awesome. But I know, I look ridiculous. It's not me. I've had short hair since I was four years old. Um, I, it is just not me. But that is sometimes what happens when we begin to compare. We step outside the life that God created us to live, and we think we're living it with somebody else. I will say this. I loved it so much that the next day at the Q&A session, and we were walking out there, and I was with some other um, you know, people who travel and speak for a living. They're like hardcore, really smart and you know just have great answers and so I thought I'm just gonna wear that hair and I told the girls who were asking the questions I go don't draw attention to it 
Just let me walk out. Is there a picture of that? I think we have a picture of me during the Q&A. <laughs> so I totally just walked out like everything was normal. And I just sat there and I was just listening to the questions, twirling my hair. Yeah, same outfit. Yes, it is the same outfit. <laughs> it's the same outfit. Exactly. And um, I want you to know that I wore it the next day too. At another event. Yeah, it's totally awesome. This shirt, let me tell you, if you can find it, it's been wadded up in a suitcase like four times. It's still wearing it. Um, anyway, it is kind of funny how we begin to compare, but it's super important as we look at these next two weeks because we're going to talk about laughter and we're going to talk about order. And most moms drift toward one or the other. Most of you are either have a tendency to laugh and play a lot at home or be organized and have order and structure. And the truth is our children need both. They need both. And so what my tendency is, what our tendency is, is to go, well, you know what? Um, I, I like to laugh a lot. That comes naturally to me. I am always, that was an example, I'm always, I will do anything for a joke. You know, it is worth it to me to see people laugh. I, I will, you know, wear anything, including some fabulous hair extensions. I will do anything to make people laugh. But I know that my children need order. And so my tendency is to go, well, this comes easily to me, and that's just the way God made me. And so, you know what, I'm just going to be me. Well, it's like that parenting pendulum that we talk about. The parenting pendulum swings back and forth. Just like play and order, our children need both. And we find the peace when we find the middle. Same with I was created. This comes naturally to me. And this does not, so I'm going to work on that weak side because I know what's best for my home is to find the middle. Does that make sense? So if you're listening to me right now and you're like, you know, of course, you act like a fool. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I'm not like that. That's okay. Don't worry. (laughs) You probably shouldn't be. I probably shouldn't be. But this is the way God created me. Next week, we're going to talk about order. And those of us who have to work harder on that, we're going to have to say, okay, it's a parenting pendulum. One comes naturally. But if I know it's important for my family, if I know it's important for me if I know it makes my life better my marriage better my home better then I'm willing to do the work I'm content with my capacity I'm happy with the way God created me but I'm going to embrace the responsibility and I'm going to learn to work on my weak side because I know this is where our home is going to function best that make sense So if you are a serious type, an orderly type, then I celebrate that for you. And I'm going to ask you for the next few minutes, open up your mind, listen to the value of laughter and play, and consider how can I implement this in my home. As some of you are thinking, well, my kids are older. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It matters if you're single. It matters in your marriage. It matters in your workplace. It matters in your neighborhood. There is value in laughter. There is value in play. And to make the changes we need to make to be the moms that we were created to be, we have to see the value. The value of play and the value of order. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the relational benefits of laughter. Studies show that people gravitate toward people who laugh often. 91% 
91% of families who play games report that playing games together improves their mood. Even 13 to 17-year-olds, 91%. And this is a way for dads to engage when they don't know or they don't drift toward naturally connecting with their kids. The more a family plays games together, the more satisfied parents tend to be with their family time the more satisfied parents tend to be. Mac never came home and said, oh my gosh, is today, do we get to play Candyland? You know, it wasn't in his DNA to want to play chutes and ladders. But he saw the value, and not only that, after playing the game, he felt like his time had been well spent. And that is the key, finding value in that time. It is not time wasted, it is time invested. The physical benefits of laughter. People who laugh heartily on a regular basis have a lower standing blood pressure. It increases the vascular blood flow and oxygenation. That is a hard word for me to say. Oxygenation of the blood. Laughter reduces stress hormones of epinephrine, cortisol, and dopamine. It defends against respiratory infections, even reducing the frequency of colds. Texas Tech psychologist, guns up, Rosemary Kogan, evaluated the medical benefits of laughter on pain management. Subjects who watched a 20-minute comedy routine could tolerate more pain than those who watched an informational video or no video at all. There are physical benefits to laughter. A study from the University of Maryland Medical Center indicated that laughter may, I like that, they weren't real sure, but it may help prevent heart disease. It does make sense that if it reduces the cortisol, if it reduces the epinephrine, then it would um, increase your heart health. Um, This is my personal fave. Um, It gives a workout to the diaphragm and abdominal, respiratory, facial, leg, and back muscles. I mean, basically, you put on your workout clothes, you laugh a little bit, good to go. The mental and cognitive benefits of laughter. This is super important. I think as an educator, um, I love this research. Um, It increases um, alertness, creativity, and memory. Um, Increases memory and learning. A study at Johns Hopkins, humor during instruction led to increased test scores. Laughter stimulates both sides of the brain to enhance learning. Psychologist Alice Eisen, this is my favorite study, she divided um, students into two groups, and she gave them the same problem-solving activity. But before that problem-solving activity, this group watched 20 minutes of bloopers or a funny video. This one over here watched 20 minutes of math instruction. Then she gave them the exact same problem-solving activity. Do you know that of those who watched the the math instruction, 25% of those students were able to solve the problem. 75% of those who watched the bloopers video. If you have a child who comes home from school with a lot of homework, do something fun, engage them in laughter before you start homework. It does make sense to me that it would relax the brain, that it would settle us down. I would throw in a snack, and that would just, winner, winner, chicken dinner. And so, but if you have a child who struggles, think, how can I help? Maybe incorporating laughter before the math test. Maybe incorporating, Joseph had choir right before physics his senior year, maybe his junior year as well. And I believe it helped him with his physics because choir was so 
such a social environment and they were often laughing with one another before his brain was ready to attack that AP physics. And so I think it just worked out for him that his schedule lent to that. Obviously, there are so many benefits. Therefore, if we recognize, now we all know, the benefits of laughter to myself, my personal health, my intellectual health, my emotional health, my physical health. I know that it's better for my marriage. I know that it's better for my children. So now I'm responsible. So as a mom, I embrace the responsibility and I'm going to look for ways to incorporate laughter and play into my life, my marriage, and my family. It is not just for moms. This is true for everyone. Yes, it can put purpose into your parenting if you have a couple of free hours to engage and play, to play a game, but it's also just good for you. It's good for all of us. I think it's important, though, before we begin... I want to remind you, we don't want to add to your to-do list. Our goal today is not to add something else to your calendar. It is not to add to your to-do list. I just want to encourage you to be intentional with what you're already doing. Now that you're aware, the next step is to be intentional in what you're already doing. You don't have to add activities. Let's look at the activities you're already doing and say, what, how can I add humor to this situation? How can I add fun to this situation? The importance of it in a family, in a home, in a marriage is because we want to establish a culture in our home. And the truth is, whether you've done it on purpose or not, you've established a culture in your home. Every home has a culture, a feeling, a tone, either by design or by default, either accidentally or intentionally, you have a tone in your home. So this is what we want to do today. This is why I believe laughter is so important for the home, why play is so important, because we want to create a home environment where our kids walk in or or toddle in or get out of the crib and come into the kitchen, whatever it is, and they go, everybody take a deep breath. And they say, or they think, I'm home, I'm safe, and I like it here. I'm home, I'm safe, and I like it here. If they're in elementary school, middle school, high school, they come in off the bus, they drop their backpack in the foyer or a designated spot if you're one of those orderly moms, and they go, ah, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. They come home from a basketball game, they drop their duffel bag, ah, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. They come home from college and they drop their bag, their suitcase, and they go, ah, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. They visit for the holidays when they're married and have children, they drop the diaper bag. Oh, heaven help us all, I'm already from it. And they think, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. That's the goal. It's the goal for, that I want to establish for my husband. I want him to come in the door, to drop his briefcase and to say, ah, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. I want to feel that way. 
I want to come home from Target with all my bags and say, and drop them all and say, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. And because I want to do that, I'm going to do what is necessary, what I can do, because there are choices I can make and actions I can take to help establish that culture in my home. Proverbs, not Proverbs, Proverbs 31, 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. She laughs. The godly woman described in the Old Testament, she laughs. Not she may laugh every so often. She laughs without fear of the future. Again, she laughs not because she knows what the future holds, but because she knows who holds her future. There is an ease about her because she is confident in her identity and she is confident in her calling to be a mom. Laughter is life-giving and play is powerful. Laughter is life-giving. It breathes life into a relationship. It breathes life into a home. It breathes life into a car where everyone is swatting at each other. It breathes life into a conversation. Laughter is life-giving and play is powerful. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit later about the value of play. I am a firm believer in board games. I am a firm believer in uh, ball games out in the backyard. I am a firm believer in play, and so are my children. I'll give you their comments on that in a little bit. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Don't feel guilty if you're feeling sad. It's okay and healthy for our children to see us sad. When we talk about the value of laughter, when we talk about the value of play, it is part of our lives. It's not every single day. It is not realistic. It is not actually helpful to teach our children that every day should be full of laughter because we will face sadness and we need to teach our children how to process that emotion as well. But today we're going to focus on happiness and how to implement laughter into our home. So we don't want to add to your to-do list. We want you to be intentional about what you already do. Consider the activities you're already doing. Drive time, bath time, play time, meal time, family time, bedtime. Those are the ones that just came off the top of my head. So consider the interactions you already have with your children, your carpool time, your drive time, your meal time. Consider those times. Now ask yourself, how can I increase the laughter level and fun factor in those times that we're already having? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If Emily listened to this, she'd be like, yeah, mom, you took that a little too far. (laughs) Because she did not, she has a different personality type than I do. And so that was not always, sometimes it was unsettling for her. You have to pray for wisdom, discernment, and common sense. And you have to be, you have to be the mom who's confident in who I am so that I can allow my kid to be confident in who she is and it give her permission to be herself, but also show her the value of play and laughter and teach her how to laugh at herself by making fun of her. Okay. <laughs> How can I add laughter level and fun factor? I'm not even kidding about that. We really, I think that's real important too. Um, At the right time, in the right season, not ever in front of people. How can I be intentional about humor and fun during these times? So for instance, your drive time. Be aware of the music or books on tape. I'm going to discourage you from allowing your kids to always have on headphones to always have their own device. Um, I used to tell my children like, oh, hello, this is about me right now. 
Um, you know, we're in the car together. I need you to engage. And so I'm not going to say that it's on a long driving trip that there is not a place for it. I'm just going to ask you to be aware of that time. Are you being intentional about that drive time? There are days maybe where you go, hey, I think it would be better if everybody had their headphones in. But I want you just to be aware and to try to say, can I engage with my children during this time? Um, be aware of the music that you're playing. Sing out loud, sing together. I highly recommend Disney. Um, when your kids get older, you can, um, I'm not going to, Hamilton, it's inappropriate, but, um, but my kids know the words, and so, you know, um, confession. Um, okay, bath time. Um, be aware of your facial expression. Don't think, I have to be playing a game with him right now, and I can't think of anything to play. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to be playing a game at all times. Just be aware of your facial expression and your body language. This, Mac was so great about this, and I learned from him. Um, I would tell my kids all the time, I love you. Mac would say, I like you. Mac would say, I really like being here with you. I really enjoy hanging out with you. So your kids can tell by your body language and your posture and your facial expression. And sometimes mine was like this. You know, fake it till you make it. Um, but uh, they, but be aware of your facial expression and your body language in those times. You don't have to be playing the game at all times. But you can be singing at all times. Everyone can sing all the time. And children think you sound awesome. Play time. Play with your kids and let them play alone. You know, I mean, those moms who get in the sandbox, power to them, you know. But um, I also think independent play is also good and allowing your kids to play with other people. Now, if you're willing to sandboxes, that is awesome. Um, okay, meal time. Uh, be careful because, you know, choke hazard. I'm real, fun, I'm real controlling about laughter at the table. Um, but... Uh, if before you start dinner, if you start with a joke, if you have a book of jokes and people take turns, some, who's going to tell the joke tonight, kind of lighten up the day. Um, get a book of jokes if you can't think of any. Um, if you can't eat outside, eat inside on the floor, in the den, change it up, do something crazy. One time um, I took the biscuits out of the oven. I don't know what got into me, and I just started throwing the biscuits at them. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and I, they, still, they still remember it. I did it one time. One time I did it, and Joseph said something. Uh, one of their friends, maybe they had friends over. Um, sometimes an audience gets me going. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, they said, are you going to throw biscuits at us? I mean, they remember. I did it one time. I act like I did it all the time. Um, family time. Uh, watch funny shows. Be aware of the shows that you're watching together and choose a funny one. If you have two options, choose the funny one. Um, and bedtime. Read funny books, joke books, um, play tricks on kids. Um, does anybody like to scare their kids? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going, but it is so funny. Um, <laughs> Your interactions are super, your interactions with your children are super important. But just as important are the interactions that you have that they witness. They may not be involved in, but they watch your interaction with the cashier. They watch your interactions with the other people on the highway. Ruh -ruh. They watch your interactions with um, your husband. Watch your tone when you're on the phone. They feel what you're feeling. 
And so if you're, it's okay to be upset sometimes. It's okay to be sad at times. All I'm telling you is be aware of what you're communicating. This is not a guilt trip. This is an opportunity. I'm just telling you, be aware of it and think, you know what? I am a fountain. My children are drinking my overflow. What am I spewing? They will learn from being upset. They will learn from your being sad. They will watch how you handle when you make a mistake and you ask you know, for forgiveness. All of that they learn from. But today we're going to say, how can I incorporate laughter? Psalm 126, verses 1 through 3. When the Lord restored the fortunes to Zion, the Israelite people, God's people, had been exiled. And so this is about when they were brought back to Israel, when they were brought back to their country, when he brought them back home, when he saved them. When the Lord brought back the fortunes to Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, among the other nations watching, then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great great things for them. And the Israelites repeated back, yes, the Lord has done great things for us. And because of that, we are filled with joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Now smile when you say it. Everybody say joy. joy. You see, if we consider ourselves like the Israelite people, and I God saved me. I don't deserve eternity with him. I did nothing to deserve a relationship with him. Jesus died on the cross so that I could live in relationship with my heavenly father. I can live with the peace and the hope and the joy that God gives only because he chose to give that to me. That is enough joy for me to remain joyful. When the Lord saved me, I was like, you know, when I first, if you look back and you go, when things are going great and you first stepped into a relationship with God and you realize like, oh, God's got my back. He's got this. I dreamed. I was filled with joy. I had laughter in my life and songs, you know, that's what we want to. Then it was said among the nations. It was said among her children. It was said among her children because her children are watching her expression. And they know she loves God. They know she loves the church. And so now, what do they see that that does for her? It was said among the nations. It was said among the children. The Lord has done great things for her. And because of that, she is filled with And then I can say back to my children, yes, the Lord has done great things for me and I am filled with There's your cue. Thank you so much. That doesn't mean that I'm laughing all the time, but it means that I have an eternal perspective. And I know that no matter what today holds, God's got my today and my tomorrow. And that is what I want to communicate. When we talk about that home, I'm home, I'm safe, I like it here. Laughter communicates safety. Laughter communicates ease. Laughter communicates peace. Laughter communicates hope. That's why we can take a breath. A sense of humor can be learned. Maybe it doesn't come naturally to you. You can choose to watch funny TV shows with your family, to read funny books, to watch funny movies, to try to have a silly perspective. Don't try to be outside who God created you to be, but consider what you're already doing and try to implement laughter in your home. Be strategic also about playing games. One time I was meeting with a mom. I had been um, spent some time with her son, and she was asking me about, um, he had been having some trouble in school, some behavior issues, and she said, what do you suggest? And I said, well, I suggest two things. Number one, he needs to eat out, and he needs to order for himself. 
because he needs to know how to interact with adults that he does not know. She said, oh, we don't eat out. I go, oh, okay. Um, And then she said, what else? And I said, well, you know what? I think it would be of value to him to play games because he loves to be social, but he needs to understand the boundaries. He needs to understand how to take turns. He needs to understand how to win and how to lose. She goes, oh, we don't play games. I'm like, oh, I forgot this is about you. Okay, so (laughs) this is what I'm trying to say. This mom was doing at what she felt like she needed to do. She loved her child. I'm just trying to tell you that, and, and her kid is great, but I'm trying to tell you that if we know that there are benefits, if we know that there is value in it, if we know we can give our kids a leg up if we implement this in our lives, and I say we do it. I say we try it, even if it doesn't come naturally. You may be shocked at how much fun you have. Um, You know, I'm going to give you some tips on how to implement it, how to set everybody up for a win, particularly if you have kids of different ages. But lessons learned from playing games, I have to take turns and share. Taking turns and sharing is huge. The first word most kids learn, mine. Sometimes I win and sometimes I lose. I get this from parents all the time. We can't play games because she has a fit. I go, rut row, you need to be playing twice as often. Uh, That's our job. My job is to teach my kids how to respond to winning and how to respond to losing. So sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. I can be happy for someone else's success. Here's the deal, guys. We've already talked about this. I, I say this a lot. Good friends mourn with those who mourn. Great friends celebrate with those who celebrate. That's a next-level friend if you can celebrate when someone has success, especially if it was success that you wanted. That's a next-level friend, and we want our kids to be next-level friends to celebrate somebody else's success. I can show compassion for someone else's disappointment. Sure, we celebrate when we win, especially if I beat Mac. I mean, Mac was horrible. He'd be like, oh, mama got plumpy. You know, you had to go all the way back. He was like taunting me in front of the children. I'm like, that is not helpful. But I can show compassion for someone else's disappointment. That's a great skill, a great opportunity playing games. And life is not always fair. Life's not always fair. Anybody know an adult who maybe needs to learn that? Anybody need to... (laughs) Be reminded, don't you wish his mom had played games with him? Say, yeah, life's not always fair. Our favorites in preschool, Candyland, Hi-Ho Cheerio, Don't Break the Ice, Memory, um, Kickball, we were, we, we were competitive. We were deadly in our backyard with wiffle ball. Um, I'm sure our neighbors were like, wow, I thought he was a pastor. Um, <laughs> elementary, Dominoes, Spot It. Anybody ever played Spot It? Don't play with Emily. She wins every time. Don't play with her. Spot it. Catchphrase. Catchphrase is a great one for a big group of people with different ages. That's super fun. Our kids still play it. Um, They're young adults, and they want Mac and me to play too, and I have to be careful because I start yelling, and the kids go to our church. It's kind of traumatizing. So um, catchphrase. Ping pong. Um, We, for years, moved our dining room table out and had a ping pong table there. Um, We did ping pong a lot more than we did fine dining. And, um, you know, we had certain rules about the chandelier. Chandelier, you know, if it hit the chandelier and went out, you had to do over or whatever. So think about your home and ways you can modify it. With teens, um, spoons, you know, did I already say that one? Yeah, spoons gets violent in our house, yeah. And I've heard of like extreme spoons. You can play outside and throw the spoons at the bottom of the pool. 
And then they have to dive and get it? Yes. I mean, we have wounds from playing spoons. Um, multi-generational games for the holidays. Bingo is super fun. We do a bingo game with grandparents and kids. Um, maybe a burgers and bingo night. One time we did breakfast tacos and bingo um, at night, which was crazy. Breakfast at night and bingo. What? And... Um, and uh, left, right, center, if you've ever played that, that's a game that's totally great for kids of all ages. You can play with, you know, Hershey's Kisses or $5 bills. It is super fun. Um, in the Austin area, we love putt-putt. Joe, man, he loves him some putt-putt. Um, uh, bowling, kayaking, canoeing, anything like that. Walking outside. Um, I'm not going to lie. Some of our game nights ended in tears. <laughs> it wasn't all like, we love playing games together. You know, it was learning opportunities for all of us. Um, sometimes I like was mad at Mac, you know, or sometimes he was mad at me um, one time. I bunted after he had told Joe to like back up. It was so awesome. Joe was like three. And, um, and so I totally got a home run. There's no way Joe could get up and get the ball. I know, that was terrible. But uh, oh, Mag was so mad at me. I cannot believe you. And I'm like, I can't believe you didn't think I was going to try to win. <laughs> so um, set everybody up for a win. Be sure everybody knows how to play. If you're going to play a game with your family, let's set them up immediately. Let's talk about what could happen before we play the game. Proactive is not just a zip cream, it's a way of life. So we want to be proactive in the way we do games. We prepare our children for the games. Okay, let's pretend that you lose. Show me now what's going to happen if Joe wins. Let's practice. You can be sad. And, and play it out. Okay, now you're, and if you see it coming, you go, uh oh, okay, let's, let's remember what we talked about. So we're trying to teach them, we're trying to equip them, we're trying to prepare them. Um, watch your face while you're playing, um, laugh while you're playing. Start with quick games. Quick games that you can play over and over again. You know, dominoes moves pretty fast. I do, we do quick games for my husband. He doesn't like any game that lasts a long time. And so um, if it's just Joseph and me, we both love games. So we'll do those long games, you know, leave Monopoly out on the table for a couple of days. Mac, no. Um, he is a short games person. Um, start with games of chance. Games of chance puts everybody on the level playing field. And so anybody can play. Also, you may want to start with partners. So we would do partners against each other so that we could still play the game, um, but we set the kids up for a win. And, you know, they can blame the adult if they lost. Um, lessons learned from adventure. So playing games is important, and so is trying new things. An adventure is anything you've never done before. Try something new. We still call it an adventure in our house if it's something we've never done before. If we take a vacation somewhere we've never been before, it's something we've never done. It's an adventure. Um, and it's super awesome for kids to see moms try something new. I think as a general rule, I know this is a broad generalization, but our kids see our husbands have hobbies and our kids see our husbands have activities, but I think they're less likely to see moms have activities and hobbies and to try new things. Um, they learn it's okay to fail. If you're going to build up a strong kid, a kid with emotional resilience, then we want them to learn that failure is not fatal. And they see that in you. I'm going to try this. I've never done it before, but I'm going to give it a try, and I'm going to laugh at myself. I'm modeling what I want for them. It's okay to look foolish as I learn. 
Um, it's a humbling thing to try something new. But I, if I see the value in it for my children, I'm much more likely to do it. Um, practice helps me get better. It's super awesome for kids to learn hard work. It may come naturally to one person, but you get to practice. And really, at the end game, you're going to know how to work hard. And so that, that's going to benefit everybody. And then the final thing you learn is that most injuries heal quickly. We've removed all risk from our playgrounds. You know, we live in a lawsuit-happy culture, and there's very little risk. Um, and I'm not talking about serious head injury. I'm talking about I fell and I skinned my knee. I fell and I broke my arm. Well, I'm probably not going to do that again. So kids learn risk management. We, if we can involve a healthy level of risk in our play, then our kids benefit from that. Um, you can make adventure out of a bad situation. Um, I used to get whoever, you know, target on like, you know, December 23rd. It sounds like a nightmare, doesn't it? Well, I would, we'd have a prize for whoever found the best parking place, you know. And um, I, because I'm so selfless, would get the whole family popcorn and an icy. Um, yes, it looks awkward for me to get it now as an adult walking in there by myself. So um, if your kids love Target, let me know and I'll take them so I can get popcorn and an icy. But anytime you can make a situation, you can put a lighter... Um, perspective, you know, on a situation, try to do that. Last year, I know, maybe two years ago, Julia, you and Emmy, maybe you locked your keys in your car, and so you stayed, and then it just became a thing. They stayed and ate lunch on the picnic, you know, on the playground every day. So because she chose to have a fun perspective on what could have been, you know, kind of a bummer of a situation. Um, add fun to your family. Watch a funny movie, read a funny book, play a game. I'm going to discourage the device unless it is a device that everyone can play. My kids um, are 23 and 21, and we still, we saved, you know, the old Xbox, the old, all the old stuff. It's like in a cabinet. We pull it out when everybody's home because we like to play Madagascar putt-putt, which I don't even know what year that came out. I'm sure we could not get one now, but it was something that we all played together. It's a device, but we all play together. Um, the, when the kids would do... Um, DDR, I don't know, y'all maybe, they may not even have that anymore. The Dance Dance Revolution, it's okay to look foolish, you know, um, if, if somebody's laughing. <laughs> Um, you know, it's worth it. Um, but board game, card game, um, dance parties this weekend. Um, you know, it's not, un we were with my parents and we were at, it's not unusual for my children, for my ch parents to get up in jitterbug because we do it all the time whenever we're together at Christmas. I, my parents are so adorable. They're both about 5'5". Five five. And um, uh, my dad is a very intense person. He, he has a very stressful job. Um, but then when he gets around the grandkids, um, we turn on music, we have a dance party, we do limbo. And, and what an environment that is. What memories, you know, my kids will have. And I think that's what I want my kids to remember. Not that I yelled at them. Um, <laughs> Any activity that you can do outdoors is great to implement. The thing about play, and this is what Joseph said when I texted my kids. I said, I'm going to be talking about um, laughter and playing games. And he said, Mom, tell them that it's so important for them to play games when their kids are sick. Because what Joe remembers is being home by himself um, and playing games. I would play games when he was sick. One day he woke up, I remember he was probably six years old, and I said, oh, buddy, I'm so glad you're feeling better. And he got so upset, and he goes, Mom, you used to like it when I got strep throat. 
because I would say, oh, you get to stay home today. We can play, <laughs> you know. And so I felt so bad. But that was his response. Tell them it's so important that it's bonding. And what he means by bonding is what I'm going to tell you is building trust. Next semester, we'll get into discipline. We'll talk about how to discipline your children. I will tell you the most important thing to remember about disciplining your children is that you need to work on the relationship with your children. Rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion. Rules with relationship build respect and responsibility. So what Joe was saying about bonding, it was so true. It's how we got to know each other. But it was really, we were building that trust. And we did it with Emily too. So that later when I had to give consequences, they may not agree with me, but they trusted me. Why? Because many, 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 many hours of time together. And Emily also said, her comment was, and maybe Make sure they don't let their kids win. She said, I trusted dad. Max shared this on Sunday. She said, I trusted dad because he never let me beat him in horse. He never let me. See, she knew that he was being honest. She knew that she could count on him to always tell the truth because he never let her win. Well, I mean, Mac was like, yeah, I'm not going to let that kid win. But he was building trust. We had no idea that that's what that meant for her. But you see the value of playing games. Um, because, again, when you start to do that discipline, you're going to need them to trust you. It's much more effective when they trust you. Wherever you are, be all there. If your kids, if you need, this is somebody told me this, that the older your kids get, you will need that, they'll need you more emotionally. So I began to take that 20 minutes before they got off the bus, and I would turn off everything or I would put on maybe a good song that I like and I would have maybe 15 or 20 minutes. I had the luxury of having that time. Maybe if you don't have that time, you can work it in some other way. Just be ready when you do pick them up. And I, I think it's good for kids to miss their parents. So I'm all about, you know, dropping them off other places. And then pick them up. Now I'm ready to engage. Sometimes I have to work. That's okay too. They learn that. I have to work sometimes. But then when I'm there with them, I'm all there. Remember we said that last time? Sometimes it's better to live a moment than to post a moment. And so it's not wrong to post. But I'm just saying be aware because um, you want your kids to feel that you are all there. Um, because eventually we all have to grow up. Isn't that kind of a bummer? I'm waiting for it to happen. Um, <laughs> but a childlike love of fun and play will add years to your life and life to your years. And I um, was watching a man, a psychiatrist, talk about the value of play. And he said, really, we are under the impression that children play and that adults don't. And there is great value in our children, our husbands. There's great value for ourselves in laughter and play. So look for ways this week that you, that you can make that a part of your life. And if it's just, you know, putting on your favorite music. You go, I can't do one more thing today. That's okay. You be the best you you can be and try to find some humor in that. And your children will benefit from drinking your overflow. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that when you describe the godly woman, she laughs without fear of the future. Thank you for incorporating that into Scripture to remind us the value 
of laughter, the value of play. Help us to see opportunities, God, to implement that into our lives. Help us, God, for those of us who drift toward play, help us see the value and order and routine. And those who drift toward order and routine, help us see the value of laughter. God, we are grateful that you've revealed to us that you love us right where we are, but you love us too much to leave us there. You've got big plans. We are grateful that you are our source of hope and joy and strength and peace. Fill us today so we overflow with you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.